Going everybody, hope Knowles Nation is happy and as proud as I am of the men's basketball team and Coach Ham uh, for, well, nine straight wins against uh, the University of Never Coming Back. Um, I don't care if we win by one or a thousand, we'll take the W regardless yeah. of who we win. Um, I think that uh, there's a there's a little petition out there for Caden. Uh, the young man that was at the game that started off with the sad face and putting the U upside down. And then he just had his, the one I call chocolate milk um, where he was sitting at the house watching the game. Uh, and he also put the U down and asked Dave how it felt. Um, it's kind of funny that, you know, a, a kid in grade school is uh, bodying a grown man. I think it's hilarious. I love yeah. everything of it. Um Secondly, uh, what what they're doing is, is they're talking about him throwing out the first pitch at a Florida State baseball game, which I think would be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, so if there's an actual petition started for it, I'm all for it, and I will definitely put it on my page. Um, but, yeah, Mario Cristobal is already 0-1 against Florida State, and he hasn't even coached his first game. Matter of fact, he's, um, he's out there trying to get the basketball uh, fans and team all upbeat and Unfortunately, he just fell short, and he still doesn't have an offense or defensive coordinator or a DB's coach. So make sure the fans are riled up for the basketball game because, you know, he's trying to get the basketball team some wins because I think he's fearing that he's not going to beat Florida State his first year anyway. So um, just love seeing everything that I've been seeing from Florida State here lately. Even the swim team went down to Miami and kicked their ass. Yeah. Um yeah, there's just not a whole lot other to say than uh, Golden Knowles and, uh, you know, it sucks to be you. Um, I, I just don't have much to say other than I cannot stand the Miami Candy Canes. I just – their fans are, like, living in this alternate reality. They're, like, seriously something's going on down there because they're, like, hallucinating on what their team yeah. is. Mm -hmm. it, it, it hasn't been relevant for a decade and count or two decades and counting. Um, but yeah, go ahead. You know, they keep bringing up, well, they beat us four years in a row before we beat them this year. Before that, we beat you seven years in a row. The longest win streak Florida State holds. Um, that's not just uh, in football, that's also in basketball, it's also in baseball. So y'all just keep running your mouth, and maybe that's what motivates us so much to keep kicking your ass. I don't know. So much appreciation to the delirium. I, I'm I'm all for it. Miami, keep yeah. freaking are the greatest, and we'll keep kicking your ass and getting the W. Uh, but we're going to cover uh, some 2023 and possibly 2024 visits that we've had over the past two weekends. We'll probably talk about this weekend mostly. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, what we're thinking and what we see coming and uh, just some things that are happening in the future. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a great time to be a Florida State Seminole, like Chris said. Uh, they had the huge wins against Miami. Uh, just a lot of good things going on, just in terms of everything going on for the program and and what it can be. And um, I actually released a YouTube video right before we got on about Florida State basically dominating Miami in several different sports, uh, specifically the men's basketball team and the baseball team and the football team have all combined for a nine and eight record against Miami. Uh, if you want to go check that video out, 
my YouTube uh, channel name is Norvell Central, just like it sounds, just like it says up at the top. And uh, if you want to check that video out, I kind of released some of my thoughts on that as well. But uh, overall, it was a big visitor weekend for Florida State going forward. Had a lot of relationships in terms of 23 kids. Uh, there were some guys out there like Caleb Valley, uh, the kid out of Mapleton, Georgia. And then you also had guys like Tristan Sion, the uh, kid from Tallahassee. Um, he came up this weekend, and actually I had spoken to him a little bit before, and he talked about his first visit to Florida State. And coming from a kid that has never really been to the campus and really experienced that, even though he lives in Tallahassee, it was really huge. Florida State's really getting involved with some of these Tallahassee kids, and it's really exciting to see. They haven't gave him an offer just yet, but the offer is possibly going to be coming pretty soon with that one. He's already got about 26 offers uh, as, of, as of the last time I checked. But you also had other guys like uh, – Kenton Kirkland, he's from Jacksonville, Florida, out of Reigns High School, and he's a four-star defensive back. He usually plays safety, a little bit of corner. Um, he's very talented in what he does. Uh, they had a Jordan Church, the offensive lineman, four-star. He just transferred um, over there from – and he's going to, I think, IMG now that he transferred from, or going to. And um, so that's really big for him. You had guys, uh, teammates, Kelton Smith, uh, the uh, four-star offensive lineman, and then you also had Darren Reed as well, the defensive lineman from the same high school in Carver High School out of Columbus. Uh, both those teammates, they really do a good job there. Florida State has been on Reed and Kelton Smith for a very long time. And both of them are pretty highly up there for Florida State in terms of everything. Darren Reed was one of those guys that Odell really loves. He's kind of got that versatile uh, defensive end, defensive tackle type body skill. And uh, it was very exciting to see both of those kids coming in. And uh, you even saw Kelton Smith coming in and getting the uh, the uh, Cane's chicken. So that was really impressive to see there. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, there's a lot of good things going on with that one. And then you also got to look at some other ones. Uh, ben De uh, Bendravius Jacobs is also another one, the three-star wide receiver commit. All Day Dre is what they call him. So he's very impressive to see with that one. And, and I think he's, uh, he's out of Vero Beach. And he's a really a good guy that Florida State really likes, especially at the slot position. Um, I would say he's a little bit quicker than uh, Devon Mortimer, not to bring up you know the past from that, but I really do kind of compare his game to Devon Mortimer. I think he's very dynamic in what he does, and I think he's very underrated for a three-star prospect at this time. They also had a guy in Cameron, uh, Cameron Upshaw. He's from Gaston County. I actually uh, talked to him last week, and he was coming up uh, this past weekend, and he eventually got the offer from Florida State. He's a local kid. You know, he's from the uh, Record Breakers crew that Florida State really gets into a lot of things with Coach Fuller and some of those other guys. So not defense coordinator Coach Fuller, but the coach from Gaston County. But uh, it's a lot of good things going there. Um, they really like him at the safety position. I think he could be a really valuable piece there. And then the last one I have was the uh, three-star running back, Xavier Terrell. He's actually from St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, I'm actually getting a couple of these Q&As uh, set up for later this afternoon. Um, I may do one with Caleb Valley coming up soon. I got one with Xavier Terrell coming up pretty pretty soon as well. So there's a couple of guys I'm going to be hitting up there and uh, getting those out and pushed out to them. But they all really loved uh, their basically their visit with the staff. A lot of the times they, they talk about these genuine relationships they have with the coaches how much they really mean to them. And it's not just a, hey, we're going to keep up with you, and they never really speak to them. It's a situation where it's a family affair. They talk to them about personal things and also about just just about them and themselves. So 
that's just something really refreshing to see from the staff. And I know that it really didn't pan out for the 22 cycle because it was a, it was a kind of a sour taste in their mouth after they uh, started 0-4. They kind of rebounded a little bit later in the season to get some of that recruiting momentum back. But overall, if they're able to start early and start winning games early, this can get really scary in Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, guys, just, you know, we're, we're going to go back and forth a little bit here. He, he's going to be covering some things, and I'm covering other things, just just based off of questions that I've gotten. Um, he's obviously cover, covering 2023 uh, recruits that have been on campus. Yep. Um, and he's going to be doing some Q&As with some more guys that are coming up that he will release, as he just said. Um, but I want to cover something that uh, – quite a few people started asking on Spirit Addict's Facebook group page. Um, I want everybody to stop and quit worrying about where some of the former uh, FSU players uh, on some, you know, parts where they released their college and where they went to. Look, it's an opportunity for them to give a shout-out to whom or whatever they're trying to accomplish at the time. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, obviously, is playing against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. And when he came up and said, uh, when they said, you know, university or whatever, however it goes, he said that uh, he attended RPT. RPT is his company. It is Ramsey uh, Performance Training. It's a way for them, the exact reason that you're getting on there asking why he's not saying Florida State, instead of getting on here asking why he's not saying Florida State, go research what RPT is to Jalen Ramsey. And it'll pop it up that it's Ramsey Performance Training. It's just an opportunity for him to give his company a shout-out. And then you'll have, you know, Dalvin Cook, I've, I've gotten him the most. Why does he always say his high school and never says Florida State? Is there something against them doing it without having um, graduated from Florida State? No, they can say whatever they want to say. Yeah. And they're giving a shout-out to their high school or to their businesses or to whatever the situation may be just because Florida State needs no introduction. Florida State's known. They know where they went to school. And it's not like every time that they come up there that they give a shout-out to someone else. More than not, they say Florida State. Um, and, and, no, the the answer to the question is, no, he can't do both. Uh, it's very limited time slot. So he has to p- choose one or the other that he's going to say. Um, as you can tell, they're doing it, doing it as a play is about to start or something to that nature. So long story short, Y'all don't rag on the uh, former FSU players if they say a high school or uh, a business or something to that nature. Even some of them do a shout-out to their mom or their dad at the time of what college they went to. Um, And then when the Buccaneers popped up on defense, there was three out of the 11 players that came up there on defense that said they're high school, and they all went to college somewhere. Now, I'm sure that we're not the only college fans that go, why didn't he say he went to – you know, this college. Uh, but it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, and I get it. I know that people should, you know, if there's more depth to it, if there's an, an issue we would like to know. So it's not that it's a bad question, but I'm just trying to enlighten people as much as possible that it's not an issue. Yeah. There's no problem. Um, it's just a way for them to give a shout out to something else. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I want to give a shout out uh, to a young man that was completely overlooked at uh, in Lake City at, at his high school because I'm not good with names as far as high school goes. Um, but he was overlooked, and he's a really good 2022 defensive end slash outside linebacker. His name is Dion Farmer. Um, 
He will be on the podcast uh, coming Tuesday, as long as we can still do it Tuesday. He'll be on the podcast to do a little bit of talking about himself and what, you know, he sees himself doing in his collegiate career um, and things to that nature. And since I've sent his video to, um, I'd say, six or seven uh, defensive coordinators and um, head coaches, there are they're starting to get a lot of um, um, notice, and he's starting to get what he needs out of the situation because he is a phenomenal player. He's just been overlooked. I'd spoke to Taylor about it a little bit, and Taylor said, yeah, I remember looking at his film a while back. I was very impressed. And I explained to him that the young man had one offer at this time. And when I told multiple coaches that, uh, they were completely mind-blown. Like, wait, really? And I'm like, well, think about it. You didn't give him an offer. So why not? And then a lot of them, you know, these young men give their, their film out to a recruiter or someone in the nature that's supposed to get it to the recruiting board. And it, it doesn't always make it. So you have to continue to do your due diligence. And I understand that your, your playing should uh, speak for itself. Thank you, cut off. Don't know what happened. Just cut off. Sorry, uh, technical difficulties again, but it's back and we're good. It's all good. Um, but just just let everybody um, know uh, that. This Dion Farmer kid is something to be looked at and make sure that everybody comes and uh, supports him when he comes onto the podcast. Listen to what he has to say. He's a very interesting young man. He's very smart. Um, I couldn't be any more impressed with anyone else. He's um, he's a good kid, and he deserves a shot, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help him get that shot. Uh, Taylor, you had, you had brought up uh, – I'm bad with names again, but Vendra Vendravius. Yeah. And so, Jacobs. Yeah. He's a 2023. He's committed, correct? Yeah. Uh, or you can call him All Day Dre. That's what All he Day Dre. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, easier. So, so with him, you've done a Q&A with him or you're going to? I did a while back. Okay. Um, probably during the summer, I believe. It was whenever he committed, uh, a couple of days after. Um, I'm thinking about doing another one uh, pretty soon just to kind of get his thoughts on you know, how was the last visit talking about how um, how committed he is to the program, what's going on, like who he talks to most in his recruitment, um, and then when he's going to be coming back to Florida. So I think I'm going to do another one pretty soon with him. So, Okay, cool. So, guys, I, I have been speaking to, um, you know, a lot of the 2022 commits that are already on campus, and then there's some that aren't early enrolled. So, mm-hmm. And there's reasons why they can't be. Some states don't allow it. Some schools don't allow it. Um, so it's not nothing to be worried about. I had a few questions about why Quayshon or um, – Yeah, and you also have to think, too, this is something that has to take years in advance to be able to do. So right. it's not like you can just one one semester away and you can be like, I want to early enroll. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I want everybody to, you know, continue to pay – as much attention to as possible. A lot of Florida state fans are saying that I'm not worried about who we're recruiting or, or who we're trying to get until they sign the paper. Um, and I, I think you're, you have a right to your own opinion and you, you don't have to follow recruiting and I'm not saying that you do, 
But if you follow this podcast or you follow uh, me or Taylor, you're going to see a lot about recruiting. Um, I was asked why I didn't cover more about Knowles and the pros. They're not playing for the Knowles no more. I mean, I ain't, I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah. as much information as necessary, but I'm not covering Jalen Ramsey, Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook, James, yeah. and stuff to that nature. I, I will, you know, shout them out and say what they've done in a week and that mm-hmm. they've done an impressive, you know, work, then I will. But I'm, I'm not an NFL page. I don't cover NFL players, um, even if they are formal, former Knowles. Um, I will cover as much as I can, but I'm not, that's not what this is about. That's not what this page is about. Um, and I have no problem with you DMing me and talking about Knowles that are in the pros. I will talk to you all day about it. That's not what I cover. Mm -hmm. Um, Taylor does a a fantastic job on the Q and A's with all of the recruits. Um, I, I personally love hearing every bit of it. Um, because he gets a different, um, response on some of the things that he does he asks questions that i won't ask i'm not an, an interviewer type i i kind of talk guys and like i don't know shoot the shit with them that's kind of what i do um and it makes them comfortable and they they open up about other things and that's why i think me and him make such a great team because yes. he also does that i'm just saying that that's the nature of what i do with them when i speak to him and i do I probably press a little bit harder than he does. I, I'm obviously asking. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a real pushy person, so I, I really like to. For example, I know they're just kids. I mean, they're they're 16, 17, 18 year old kids. I mean, they don't want to hear consistently about a recruiting process. They want to say, "Hey, man, you want to play Madden? What What's your favorite team in Madden to use? What? I mean, it, it could be something as simple as that because these kids change from day to day. Their interests change from day to day." So you have to keep them engaged in a certain conversation because they're not just going to have serious conversations each, each and every time. I mean, they're, they're human. They're teenagers at, at all, all costs there. So you have to kind of be fragile with them certain times. I'm not saying they're babies, and I'm not saying you have to ask them certain questions and keep them engaged all the time. But at the same time, just be realistic with them. I mean, it doesn't have to be so – Serious. I see some of these media sites when they do Q and A's and stuff like that. It's really just straight to the point, and you know we're going to ask them like ten questions, and they're going to do this and do that. But I just tell them in the interview process, I'm like, hey, you know, if you want to answer these couple of questions, I just want to learn about you a little bit more as a player and as a as a person. And most of them pretty much go along with it, and they're like, oh, cool, you know, I'll answer a couple of questions for you, and that's it. So, and it just builds relationships. It gives that sense of hey we're starting to build something here you know if if something happens in the future where i accept a scholarship or i accept to come to florida state you know i would tell you and and let you know before everything happens so it's always a buildup of relationships it's trusting one another it's making sure that you're not in it just because they're going to florida state you want to cheer them on wherever they get whether it be auburn alabama you know florida miami you know whatever the case is you want to make them feel like family yeah, and, and that's that's a a big deal with you know what I think Bobby Bowden and this this you know amazing staff that we had for so many years did. We were yeah. more worried about the young man and what he was going to be in the future than we were just him being a Florida State Seminole. Which yeah. obviously we want them. That's not the point, and I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they know that we want them. But it is a really really 
big deal to support the young men and women that are going into their collegiate career, wherever that may be. Yep. And it's very vital that they understand that we want them to succeed because in the, in the yep. future, I'm just worried about their success more than where they're playing at. You know, if you've ever played any type of sport, you know, an injury is, is one step away or, or one slight mistake and you might not ever play the game again. Mm-hmm. So the education that they get, that's extremely important. The The future that they may have outside of collegiate sports is a huge deal. So yeah. just, just you know, I've seen a lot of people ragging some kids that didn't come here, and I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, and I will say this too. Um, I just did my Q&A earlier with uh, Keaton Kirkland earlier, and um, he – I basically asked him, hey, you know, if, if you were given something about your favorite song, what would you play? You know, what what would you play if someone gave you, like, you know, an opportunity to play your favorite song? And one of the songs that he mentioned in there is Separate Ways by Journey. It was just a random song out of the blue that nobody would ever know about if I didn't ask him that question. So it's just stuff like that that just, you know, it's just a random fact, but it's just like, man, you would never expect a kid, you know, that is 17 years old listening to a Journey song. You know, so, I mean, it's just something that's really refreshing outside of the box and it just gives other fans other perspectives and maybe they can connect with them and say, hey, you know, I know the, you know, uh, a place that sells journey, you know, I don't know, just music in general. And it just gives other connections to where he's able to to enjoy that certain thing. And I mean, there's always opportunities out there for people to build those connections and I give people, you know, a little bit of brief summary of who he is and then go from there. Absolutely. And that to me, you know, guys, um, I, I think it's a huge deal. Like I get excited. I think Taylor just got a little bit excited about being able to bring it up, too. But I get excited knowing more about the person, yeah. you know, outside of just football or just outside of where, where they want to go and things to that nature. I get excited to find out what their favorite cartoon was when they was, you know, a kid or. What do you watch now? Things to that nature. Um, I, I think it's a huge deal because I want to know the person just as much as I do the player. So yeah. I think the relationships that get built, and I, and maybe that's a huge reason why they talk to people like Taylor and myself and p- to that nature because they get to talk about things other than, so what would you like about Florida State? What would you like about the visit? What, you know, really – we do ask those questions, but it's not the only questions yeah. that we ask. We are more interested in the person than just where they want to go. So, again, that's why I said I like the way Taylor does his Q&As because it's, it, to me, is really refreshing to hear things like what song would you, it It just is. I don't know why it wouldn't be interesting to other yeah. people, but to me it's very interesting. Uh, I do want to give another shout-out to uh, Listen Up Podcast. I was uh, on their podcast this morning, at, starting at 10 a.m. Um, they interviewed, I guess that's a, I guess they interviewed me. They had me on as a guest. And as as natural as it can be as I am, I talk more than I listen uh, for some reason. Um, so I did do a whole lot of talking. I don't think they're used to doing an hour and a half podcast. They probably try to keep it around an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, because, you know, and the rule of thumb is is that you can't keep people's attention long enough to go yeah. an hour and a half. Um, I disagree with that because the podcast that I have the most listens to went for two hours and 31 minutes. 
Yeah. So I think people had to leave and come back and leave and come back. And I don't I know mean, if they're still going to watch a lot of watch time off of it too. So like you said, if somebody has something to do. I mean, they come back in and we're just talking about something that's, you know, yeah. something of interest. And then it piques their interest for a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe the attention span doesn't get past 30 minutes and make it do something and then come back or they can rewatch, you know, everything. So it doesn't really have to be, you know, they're listening from here to here. Now we, we always respect those people that do because those are the supporters that we really need. Exactly. Um, Taylor needs to uh, know that um, we have a huge sponsor announcement that's going to, I can go ahead and say who it's going to be. We're just finishing the the paperwork and the deal and all that stuff out. But soon enough, guys, because they are a huge sponsor of Florida State and they own, you know, rights to Florida State stuff, um, here real soon, Nike Swoop will be on this podcast at the bottom where Fanatics and SeatGeek are because they're going to be sponsoring Spirit Addicts podcast. I'm ex- very excited about being able to announce that and say that they're coming on and that they agree with what we're doing and um, that they're, they're really supportive to be completely honest, because I'm not going to sit there and say that I'm the biggest podcast out there. Cause I know that I'm not, but yeah. we're doing a decent enough work to where people of that nature, like Nike and seat geek and fanatics, they're all paying attention because the way that it started with seat geek was, is me just being a, um, a brand ambassador and the same way with fanatics. Well, now both of them have been back in contact with me and said, instead of just being um, a brand ambassador, we would also like to sponsor your podcast. So it's a completely separate ordeal, mm-hmm. and it's really great. And the, the main thing is I just want to get the word out and to be able to share how much we love this school, how much we love the young men and women that will either attend here or somewhere else. Yep. We just want to be supporters of all. That's that's just the way that it is. And I also want to throw out that uh, there's a lot of young men and women that reach out to myself, and I know Taylor gets it as well. And they'll just ask normal questions like, man, if I'm doing, you know, if I don't know, if I'm a type pro style running back and Florida State's running this type of uh, offense, do you you think I can still fit in or do you think I'm going to have to transfer? It's, It's questions like that that get asked to me. Yeah. And it feels good to me because they respect my opinion enough to ask. Mm-hmm. And, and if I don't know that I can answer that question correctly, I will get with someone that I think could, yeah. um, like former players. Uh, huge shout out to Marvin Jones. Um, he has helped me with Jayzo O'Reilly. He, he's just all around the same way he supports no matter where they're going. There's no fact that he's coming to Florida State for sure. He, yeah. he is doing – uh, just a huge due diligence toward Jay O'Reilly, and I, I really appreciate it. I've told him personally, and I've told him over, you know, text messages, phone calls, etc. But it's a huge shout out to him. I want a huge shout out to Michael Alford for taking care of everything that he has in his very yeah. short tenure so far at Florida State. Huge shout out to the president of the school because I'm terrible with names. Um, they're just they're really as an administration and the guys that are up top are really starting to do a great job on helping out Florida State Athletics completely, not just the football team, but baseball and everything. So huge shout-out to what Florida State's doing. Huge shout-out to all the new boosters that have just came about. Um, They grew by 2,000 in one day. So 
uh, just a huge shout out to everybody that keeps continuing to give to the school. The newcomers that are now given to the university, huge shout out to all of you. Um, Y'all are doing a great job. Please continue. And it's, it's always going to be that way from here. Um, Tuesday, no, it will be Thursday night of this week coming up. I will uh, do a random draw on the 25 people that subscribe to my YouTube channel to give them the two free tickets to the spring game. Yeah. And the following week on Thursday, I will be doing another two ticket giveaway to the other hundred that are subscribing to my YouTube page. So we're getting closer and closer to what I'm trying to do. Um, I never really got into YouTube and being able to do it as a channel. I didn't realize people were that interested in seeing us talk versus hearing us talk. But there's a huge platform for people wanting to see us talk about it instead of just listening on a podcast. I will say this, um, because I actually had a suggestion from one of my followers, um, maybe about a week or two after I started to consistently do more YouTube videos, I started to do more audio content and having pictures just in the background. But the more he tells me is the more he likes to see my face and just like to see, you know, more action because his attention span really doesn't keep up with a whole lot there. So I thought, you know what, that would be a great idea. You know, I can have the audio content plus just more visual content to see, you know, who, who, who's speaking and, and whatnot for that. So I think that's a really good advantage for having the YouTube platform in that case because you're able to see faces, you're able to see who's talking to you and who's connecting with you and who's sharing those same ideas because you never know. It could be a, a matter of, hey, you know, I really attract this uh, to this audience and I want to share it with my uncle or my dad or my sister or my grandmother, whoever it is. I mean, it could be anybody that, uh, you know, you connect to and, and they share it with other people. Yeah. Um, and for the for the um, the first 25 that subscribed to my YouTube channel, I sent out y'all's decals yesterday. So I would expect them around, depending on where you are, but expect them in the next two to five business days. But this is what the decal looks like. Awesome. Awesome. I, so I noticed that the other day um, you had mentioned that and I said, huh, I don't think I've ever seen it. So that's yeah. really cool. So they are weatherproof. They can go on your car as a bumper sticker if that's what you want to use them for. They are. They also don't take paint off of your wall if you put them on a wall in your man cave or lady cave, however you want to say it. Um, they pretty much will stick to anything, and they don't harm whatever they stick on. And they are weatherproof, so they don't fade and do all that yeah. goofy stuff. So um, I'm just doing it out of y'all showing me support by subscribing to the YouTube channel. You show support by listening to my podcast. I cannot speak highly enough of the Facebook group page. It's continuously growing. I, I think it's you know starts coming to a, um, becoming stagnant at some point, and then I look on there and I'm absolutely wrong. It's grown by three, four, five hundred, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, great, you know. And ever since uh, me and Taylor started um, doing a collaboration together. I've had more and more of his fans come over and start saying, Hey, I, you know, I love uh, Norvell central's work. And if, if he's good with you, I want to see what you got going. And it just to me is bringing the whole community of people together Mm -hmm. because unfortunately Florida state, just like most have a huge negativity. Like, and a lot of people, they follow and listen to the negativity um, media and, 
you, you're just not going to get that from me. I, I'm going to support whoever's wearing garnet and gold or turquoise. I don't care as long as it's got FSU on it. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate everybody for what y'all are doing and how you're supporting the page. And ultimately, if you're supporting our page, you're supporting FSU because everything that I'm doing is to try to better and help support the university. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so much appreciation to all of y'all. I Taylor, agree. I want to ask you as far as um, the the linebacker. Is it? It starts with an L. He's a he's on campus or was? Uh, Caleb Valley. Yes. Yeah, he is. I'm actually working on his Q and A right now. I'm typing up all this stuff over here. This is what I'm doing as a side project while you were sitting there talking. Um, yeah, he's really interesting. Um, we actually, I actually went up and, and looked at a lot of his stats and. Uh, I won't spoil the question because I'm about to release it in a couple minutes, but I basically just told him, you know, you've been very productive. And this is a kid that had 118 total tackles, 16 tackles for loss and six sacks. And then also this reminds you of Omar Graham Jr. He also had 695 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. So he's another, you know, you know, I guess you could say diamond in the rough because he is a three-star prospect. He's very underrated for what he is. And I really think he he could be a really viable piece for this team. Yeah, you got to keep throwing him down. You you can't you can't stop. It, it's nope. like it's like Christmas morning every time Miami gets defeated. So, um, but yeah, he's a very talented uh, linebacker. Uh, they really like to use him in the middle of the defense. He's very active. Got has a high motor. Uh, locates the football very well. Um, but I got some of his thoughts on on some of the visits and. You know, the main message was basically they were very genuine of what they were. Like I said, it it is every person that I've interviewed, they have said the same exact thing. They were very organized in what they did. Um, every time they come to the Moore Center, right up to the front, there was a coach waiting to greet them. And then Mike Norvell lets off his energy that he has always had. He's had that ever since he's been here. And you even saw in the Midnight Madness event uh, where he just basically – was screaming at the top of his lungs, the door's wide open, you know, and, and everybody starts running in. I mean, that's the excitement that he still has. And, yes, we struck out on a couple of prospects, and, yes, you can harp on some of the negatives because there are some negatives. The coaching staff needs to build those relationships throughout the state. And you're seeing that now with a couple of the Tallahassee prospects that they're bringing in and they're showing out. And, you know, a lot of these Florida State fans, they're really understanding that, this staff is really trying to get those Tallahassee products, the ones that are actually really good, that some of them, you know, aren't, aren't the greatest in the world. Uh, but they're trying to get these really, you know, early evaluations on some of these guys. And I think this is a really big key for Florida State, especially at a position that you need to hit on this year because Tatum Bethune only has two more years remaining, which is this year and the next year, if he does decide to do that. And you only got Omar Graham this year, which was a true freshman. I think he's a really good player. But you have to develop and, and get more pieces on that um, linebacker rotation. And the way you do that is to get kids like that, that I think from Mapleton, Georgia, I think is a really talented prospect. And I think he could be really good for Florida State going forward. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I had to read something, guys. That's okay. Go guys. ahead. What I've, what I've heard about the linebacker that you're speaking on that you're going to release is Q&A later. So everybody – absolutely go check that out when he gets to release it. Yeah. But what I've heard about him is, is he's a general on the field, especially yeah. in the linebacker position. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, position playing-wise, yes, linebackers and running backs are 
you know, just on the opposite side of the ball. And most linebackers can run the ball. That's that's a that's the truth to it. But a linebacker on the offense is the quarterback. I mean, on the defense is a quarterback. He's the general that tells the lines when they should shift and what he sees is the, the offense is lining up to do, blah, blah, blah. And this kid is – his football IQ, from what I've heard from coaches and et cetera, is extremely up there. He's a very, very smart young man when it comes to this game. Um, so I'm extremely um, enthusiastic about trying to get him on at Florida State. Uh, yeah. In regards, if he goes somewhere else, I'm 100% going to support him because I'm a fan of his already. I will uh... – spoil something real quick because he did tell me in the article that i'm about to release in about a couple minutes um he did say that he was hopefully going to be returning to tallahassee in march or april uh depending on when they do spring practices and he is actually going to be able to monitor that um and it's just it's just really big for florida state to get some of these linebackers in there like i said i think that's a very big position of need not only that the wide receiver position is really big you have to figure out what to do at, at the running back position. You have to keep evaluating quarterbacks. Maybe you add another quarterback. Maybe you don't. Uh, it's just some options that you have to kind of think about. And I think Coach Atkins is going to do a tremendous job on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Coach Fuller is uh, starting to find his stride on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and I've always been a big believer in Adam Fuller, whether the fan base loves him or not. I actually think he's a really good defensive mind. And I think they've really hit the – hit the nail on the coffin with two of these coordinator hires that they had with uh, Alex Atkins and also Adam Fuller on the offense and defensive side, respectively. And uh, I really think that this is going to be a marriage made in heaven for uh, Florida State going forward. And I think this could be a possibility where Florida State gets to eight or nine wins if everything goes correctly. And, you know, even though I'm a little bit pessimistic when it comes to the season outlook for next season, just because I want to see who Florida State really gets in terms of transfer prospects, because I don't want to say they're winning eight or nine games, but they've really only added this many pieces, as you could say. Um, if they were able to add an offensive tackle, you know, that's that's huge for Florida State. You know, if they were able to get that surefire, um, I don't know, tight end, for example, um, just a difference maker, which I think Johnny Wilson could be. Um, it's going to be a great season for Florida State, and I think if they're able to uh, generate some momentum early on, I know LSU has got a lot of good transfers coming in, and they've got a staff that's really exciting, and uh, it's going to be a hard matchup, but Florida State's got some really good games coming up, and hopefully when we get that schedule released, it's going to be really nice. Yeah, and, you know, here's the great thing. We get to warm up with uh, Duquesne first. Yeah. And I, I personally – I say I wasn't a fan of us playing the Notre Dame game, the very first game of the season last year. I'm not a fan of playing those big games early. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, which that's Florida State showing that they've got cojones because they ain't scared to play nobody whenever. But I would prefer us to get at least a little bit wet behind the ears before we start throwing down with some of the better P5 schools out there. Yeah. Um, so we do get a scrimmage against uh, Duquesne, and then and I'm, I'm proud of that we're scheduling that way. Uh, another great thing that I love, and I mean, when I say I love this, I mean I love this, and we brought it up before, but Michael Alford being our new AD is going away from these neutral site games where we want to do more of the home-type home, home type games. Um, and I'm all for that because I can't stand this that we're going. Like, how can you say that the Superdome in New Orleans is a neutral site when mm -hmm. Baton Rouge is an hour-and-a-half drive? That's not no damn neutral site. That's mm -hmm. basically a home game. And the only thing I do like about it is, is that some of our uh, 
college players uh, get to play inside of an NFL stadium. But you know what? A lot of them get to do that when they're in high school. There's you know, Jarrell Powers and stuff. I think they played at AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things of that nature. So, and, and you know, it's great and all, and, I, and, and I'm great that they're, you know, getting to play in an NFL stadium, but that is not a neutral site. I don't like no. it. <laughs> so that's what brings me up to my next point. If me or Taylor helping you save $20 on tickets uh, to possibly get you to the LSU Florida State game, uh, please go to the – Go to SeatGeek, uh, find the tickets, and use either promo code SPIRATICS in all caps or use all caps Norvell Central in the promo code, and it will get you the $20 extra off of the SeatGeek ticket price. The cool thing about SeatGeek, in my opinion, is, is that their prices are already cheaper than everybody else that I've matched against, and I have done that numbers of times on numbers of different events. And they're already cheaper than others. So when you throw yeah. in that promo code for me, from me or Taylor, then you get an extra $20 off. Um, in any way that we can help save Knowles any money, that's all we're trying to do. Because we want you to get your asses in the seats wherever these games are. That's true. Um, so, and I do want to uh, obviously give a shout out to SeatGeek. I'm extremely proud to be an ambassador there and now a sponsored uh, podcast from them. I want to give a huge shout out to Fanatics for all the promo codes that are coming from them for me to be able to release to you guys. They're working on something big, is why I haven't been able to release something here soon. Um, there is a thing that's out about lids or something. They're partners with Fanatics. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not getting in that campaign because I don't wear hats. It's just not something I do. Um, but. In the near future, very, very near future, probably this week coming up on Friday, I'll be able to release, um, I think it's going to be Spiratic uh, 25 or Spiratic 50, whatever it is, you're going to get um, either 25% off of your total order or you're going to get 50% off of your total order. Obviously, everybody would rather have the 50%, but bear with me for a second. If I get the 25% off one first, then know in the nature of it, the fifty percent one's coming next. It's got to see how well the twenty five percent does yeah. first. Yeah. So, go buy one item, get twenty five percent off. As many of you as do it, then I'll turn around and get a fifty percent off promo code. And you can spend or buy all the stuff that you want to buy. But yeah. if you support me by supporting Spiratics, by supporting Fanatics, by supporting Seat Geek, by supporting Taylor at Norvell Central. In the ultimate factor, you are supporting Florida State University. Yeah. No matter which way you spend this, that's all you're doing. Yeah. Um, I do want to uh, bring up a little bit about Jamie Robinson coming back to Florida State. I actually had a couple people ask me on the Facebook page, have we heard of Jamie Robinson's coming back? I personally don't know how Facebook stuff works, but the second that anybody says they're coming back or they're coming to Florida State, there is either an edit or an article with an edit or whatever is released on the Facebook group page that they are coming back. Jamie Robinson is definitely 100% coming back. It has been announced probably three or four weeks ago by now. Um, And I've got a lot of people freaking out because they didn't know that uh, uh, Corbin was leaving and going to the NFL draft. I don't know how you don't know that. I don't know how you haven't seen it, but he's going to the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, but don't everybody panic because Trayshawn Ward's still here. 
And I personally, like I've said before, Trayshawn Ward's a really good running back in my opinion. And if Lawrence Philly can actually stay healthy and be actually a durable piece, he's a four-star running back. I mean, it's not like it's not like we have a chopped liver out there. Exactly. Uh, you know, we have DJ Williams. It's also a former four-star from Auburn. We yep. also have Rodney Hill that's out there. We have Trey Benson that we just added from Oregon. I know the injury history is there, but it does provide depth at the position. He is a quality back. Um, so, I mean, you have Corey Wren that's super fast. We'll see how it kind of deals with him. So, there's a lot of pieces out there. Yeah, and, and you know, and I'm ready to see a lot of the newcomers, and I don't mean the recruits. Mm-hmm. When I say newcomers, I'm talking about, like, Deshaun Bree Jackson. Um, yeah. He he wasn't able, uh, wasn't able to play last year because of injury, yep. um, and yes, last year was his first year. So how much would he have been able to contribute? We don't know because he was injured, but now he's going to get a shot this year to actually get some play time. I'm excited to see him. He's from the Jacksonville area. I'm excited to see a lot of these kids get to return and play, like the Jamie Robinson. Um, you know, a lot of people are down on this particular young man, and it's kind of irritating to me because I think he's improved a hell of a lot and I think he's great and that's Brownlee Jr. Yes. That kid is guys literally that's his first year of play and like you can't ask much more from a freshman than what he did last year. That there was at times nobody would throw in his direction at all. So you can't ask for much more than what he's doing. Um I think he's gonna be much improved this year. He's understanding the you know, his role in the defense, he's understanding um, about first step back, first step forward kind of things. Um, this is a much different nature, uh, a much faster game than high school. And for him to be able to step forward and play against some of the better wide receivers, I think he did one hell of a job. Not only him, I think a bunch of them did. But, and I've said it again and again, and um, I'm actually going to talk to uh, Kalen Deloach and see if he'll come on to the podcast and kind of talk about how he feels he improved and evolved throughout the season because if people didn't see that that was one of the most improved defensive players that we had, then you weren't watching the same the same kids I was because I think he did a phenomenal job getting closer to the midseason. Um, the, what's the, was it Kevin Knowles? Yeah, Kevin Knowles. Yeah. That's another one. Man, that yeah. – he's, so, he's really nice to talk to. Uh I actually kept up with him a whole lot during his recruitment process when we were recruiting him. And uh, it's only a matter of time before he really blew up. And that confidence level from him, and I know he's only 5'10", 5'11". He is a very capable nickel corner and can be a really big piece. I'm not saying he's going to be a cornerback one because I do think he needs to be in that nickel cornerback role. But I do think that he is a viable piece, and he will be probably a mainstay in that secondary for a very long time. Oh, 100% agree. And, and you know, another – I think a gentleman that's going to be set out to prove the most because he's been getting a little bit of backlash here lately, and they're saying, well, we've pretty much seen what we're going to get from him. Um, yeah. he He's pretty much this player. This is who he is. No, no. Amari Gaynor, I think, is going to have – a way different season than people are expecting this year. And that's just due to the fact, like, you can ask a lot of people playing that Fox position or – isn't that where they put him as a Fox? Uh, Technically, sometimes they'll put him at Fox. Sometimes they'll put him at wheel. Right. He's he's all over the place. He can even play Mike if he wanted to. 
Um, it's a little bit different because, you know, it's like, here, first year, go to five. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah. He's a tweener, though. Like I said, it's it's not really where you can really put him. His body size isn't the greatest in the world. Not not saying it's a knock on him as a player because I think he is a tremendous player. It's just his, his body type. You don't know where to put him if you want to put him at a defensive end position or if you want to put him at an outside linebacker position. It's, it's kind of, you know, he, he is what he is at this point. And I think he's going to have a tremendous year. I, I really think that he's going to step up his game, especially when we have another linebacker put in there. So it's not putting so much pressure on him. Um, I don't think we're going to be running so many nickel sets this season. So I think it's going to be more of those three linebacker sets, maybe a four, three most of the time. And I think that could really benefit him in not having to put so much pressure on himself. Yeah. And, you know, another player, I was sitting there saying, you know, that I thought uh, Kalen DeLoach was the most improved player on the defense, and and I I stick by that. I still think that that's the case. But I'm going to bring up somebody that, you know, gets a lot of hype for good reasons, but I also think improved his game tremendously last year, especially getting through game three, four, five. Um, Jordan Travis being able to – his ability to throw the ball downfield and being accurate, uh, that kid evolved quick. I mean, he did a, a tremendous job, in my opinion, on becoming a better quarterback, all-around quarterback. Um, and I think this year we're going to see even more improvement from him because the offensive line is going to be better. He's going to have better protection than he's had before. You just added four wide receivers, and out of those four, Winston – oh, Jesus, Winston, Winston Wright – yeah. is going to be one that I think you have got to pay attention to. Yeah. Like I said in the last podcast, he is going to be wide receiver one. Yeah. Like, he is that special. Yes. And and I agree. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to be your slot receiver. I don't care where he's lined up. Yeah, it doesn't I'm matter. Telling you, I'm telling you right now, that kid is going to be a game changer, regardless of whether it's on punt returns or his wide receiver. Both. He's going to be amazing to watch. Um, someone else that I would say that, you know, Florida State's bringing in, which he got a lot of hype as well. And a lot of people are saying, he's not going to have a Jermaine Johnson kind of year. He, he'll he probably be like a Kira Thomas. Ooh, wow, that's a huge downgrade. No, I don't care if he comes in and plays just like Kira Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Jared Burst is going to be a – that's going to be a bad MF off the end, dude. That's going to – that. Yeah. That is setting the tone for the edge. And, and I'll thing too is Florida State fans killing it because they're like, oh, well, he comes from the FCS. Look at what happened with Marcus Cushney. You know, I like Marcus Cushney. I thought he was a very good player. But the difference between Marcus Cushney and Jared Burse, Marcus Cushney was only six foot tall and like 230, 235. He still had to get that size and skill frame up. Jared Burse is a solid 6'4, 260. Like, he is ready-made, like already there. He's got nine and a half sacks. You know, those those total tackles they have, I think he had like 41 or 42 total tackles as a defensive end. That's pretty impressive with all the – like basically everything that he's gone through. And everybody can say he can play like Keir Thomas or, you know, everybody's going to have to step up. And I agree. You know, it's going to have to be a collective effort. It's not just going to be just him. You, know, you can't depend on him getting 11 sacks. But if he gets, you know, six or seven sacks, that is phenomenal. You know, that that's what you brought him in for. And you're hoping that Derek McClendon, Quayshawn Fuller, you know, guys like that can step up so that way he doesn't really have to. I think a kid on the other side of the ball, like Dennis Briggs, is going to be the one to step up there. You know, with that injury that he had early on against the Louisville game, 
I think he can really be a piece that steps up there. And so I think that those two combined together, especially at Briggs at the box position potentially, could be really big for Florida State. Yeah, and, and another kid not to forget about on the offensive side of the ball that didn't didn't have an opportunity to play last year. And, you know, everybody's like, we need wide receivers, we need wide receivers, and we brought in four so far. Not stating that we won't bring in another, but we've brought in four so far, but another wide receiver that didn't get to play last year that I think is going to be head and shoulders better than people think is Burrell. Yeah. I think that kid's going to be phenomenal. I mean, just watching – you know, I'm so proud of how he's rehabilitated, how well he's came back from his injury. Um, and the guys, the the um, the exhaustion that these young men are getting over the past couple of weeks from the tour of duty, okay. I've, seen, I've seen some of the lives afterwards where they're just, like, laid out on the bench. They're, like, they can't breathe. It's, they, I mean, they're getting worked. And you can't screw up either in tour duty because if you do, your teammates are going to be running for days. And that's yeah. it's it's all about an accountability thing. So, you know, if if someone messes up, you know, the whole team messes up at that point. And you have to think about it this way: if, for example, somebody misses a tackle, and you know the player gets sixty-yard touchdown, next thing you know, I mean, you're down seven to nothing at that point. The whole team suffers from your one mistake. So that's just how it's going to be. You know, you have to fight through that adversity. And I think tour duty does a very good job, even though it's exhausting. It does bring up strength and conditioning. It does allow you to be able to stay within those 60 minutes of a football game and be able to be energized for that. And I think it's a great way for Florida State players to be up to speed, especially with a guy like Joshua Burrell that battled those ankle injuries last season. That's the first time he's ever even been injured. Yeah, we talked about it with me. You know, he was talking about saying, hey, you know, this is the first time I've ever been hurt, and I'm not used to this. I mean, especially with me being a 6'3", 225-230-pound receiver, you know, I'm pretty big. It's not like I'm, I'm some weakling that, you know, is, is getting hurt all the time. No, this is a guy that, you know, should be durable enough with his, you know, with his skill set. You're hoping that that ankle injury doesn't pop up any more issues within this upcoming season, and you're hoping that Florida State can maintain a sense of depth at the receiver position. Yeah, and I mean, he was telling me the same thing. He was like, "This whole injury thing is completely uncharted territory for me. I'm yeah. not used to it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm completely amazed that you know that it even happened. And and you know, and I was the way I expressed it was, man, it happens to the best of them. It, it just happens. Yeah. It happens when it happens, and you just have to do yourself the right way. Don't try to come back too quick. Don't don't further injure yourself when you don't have to. It's yeah. about your career, not winning this particular game or these games this year. So he's another one, like, again, um, huge shout-out to him. Um, uh, I don't know his first name, but Campbell. There's another one. CJ Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be something in my opinion. Guys, like, if y'all knew the talent that was coming up this year versus just who we're bringing the transfer portal, and I think a lot of people are – side on it, like not paying attention to it for some reason. Uh, I hope the other teams that are going to play against us are doing the same thing that our fans are because there's going to be names that are getting this. We ain't lost Pokey. You know, like there's a lot of guys that are coming back. We haven't lost one. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that we had that weren't able to play because of injury. Yeah. There's a lot of scenarios where Florida State can be stacked and have a lot of depth at positions just based off of people you didn't see last year and you just – might have forgot about them or never knew they were there. Um, 
yeah, a lot that's of people the issue that I come up with, especially talking with certain people. And yeah. like I'm, I'm like really thinking, you know, you really lost five players. Basically, you lost, you know, Jayshon Corbin, Devontae Love, Taylor, Keir Thomas, Jermaine Johnson, and it, even if you want to put in like a Chubba Purdy because it kind of messes up with your quarterback depth. That's five pieces. I mean, you're looking at five players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that really have an impact. And I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. Like, I don't know why people are so worried about certain things. Yes, 18 sacks for production for Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, and then having a conference caliber uh, offensive tackle slash offensive guard in Devontae Love-Taylor and also having Jay Sean Corbin, who had a really good year this year. You know, I get it. There's, there's production that's lost. But at the same time, it's like, are you really worried about that? Or are you worried about the nine offensive starters and defensive starters that are still here? So, feel the burn. Uh, Lawrence, kill me, man. I love it. I'm not done. Yeah, it's it's something. I, uh, uh, let me ask you this question. Do yeah. you, do you think um, – or how should I say this exactly? I think when I was bringing Jared Verse on, which is one that I brought up, uh-huh. how much of an impact do you think uh, Bethune, the linebacker we got from UCF, is going to be for Florida State? It's going to be really big for Florida State. Um, basically, when I talked about it earlier, when I made a YouTube video about it, I really think that there's a situation where Bethune, you know, and also you got Amari Gaynor and potentially DJ Lundy, you know, Kalen Deloach, you know, you got guys like that that will be able to step up. And then you also have, like, gravy on the top, basically, that, you know, if, if you're able to get four of those linebackers to step up and then turn around and have maybe Omar Graham Jr. step up, but you don't really have to have that. You don't really have to have Stephen Dix Jr. to step up. There's there's guys on this on this roster now at the linebacker position that you can honestly say, hey, we don't have just Amari Gaynor, you know, DJ Lundy, and Kalen Deloach anymore. That's not the only pieces that we have, really. And now you're building that depth at the position – and now it's getting to a point where Florida State really is in luxury. Now, the the question I have with Bethune is not really the fact of him being aggressive. He has a super high motor. He's a tackling machine. But I worry about him covering in space. And that's that's the part I'm worried about a little bit because I think he's a little bit slower in certain motions. And I wonder how Florida State's going to kind of hide that. And I, I wonder because he's also going to be playing the wheel and the mic linebacker positions. And I wonder what, what is going to happen to Florida State if, if for some reason he can't be able to cover. Now, they do have run stoppers in DJ Lundy that t- primarily cover, and he was a little bit of a liability in coverage. Same thing with DJ or uh, Stephen Dix Jr. It's the same situation. That's why he wasn't really playing that much this season. He's not really getting that coverage skill, you know, upgraded as much. You know, Amari Gaynor's main struggle was just because he was moved around so many different positions that he really didn't have a firm grasp of, of the position itself. So, I would definitely think Bethune is going to be a big piece for us, and I would expect him to be the defensive leader for this team. Minus Jamie Robinson, I guess you could say, or Kaelin Deloge. There's a lot of defensive leaders that you can point to, but I think Bethune's experience is going to be huge. Yeah, and, you know, it's to me, it's just, you know, I think it's a huge coincidence that he's coming from UCF like uh, Mackenzie Milton did. Mackenzie Milton was more of the, the room or, you know, he was a quarterback room guy that, that really brought the experience. Not that he couldn't play, but not to the nature of what he did 2017, 18, yeah. whatever. 
But now it's going to be a difference of fact of what Bethune can do as far as a leader on the field. And like Taylor's saying, there's, I don't know, man, Robinson, I mean, could Jared Verse take over as a leader on the team as well? I believe he could. Even Robert Cooper that's been there forever. You know, maybe I love it that stepped up later in the year. He had those injuries later in the year that kind of prevented him from doing certain things. Would a guy like Kevin Knowles that you talked about, was is he going to step up and be that guy? And a guy I want to bring up is Akeem Dent. You know, at the safety what? position, he really come on strong at the last bit of the season. Uh, really a guy that is, you know, he had 44 total tackles at the end of the year, had a really good year. And it was a guy I, I you know, I, I'll admit it, is a guy that I really doubted. Um, I thought that at the cornerback position, he wasn't really going to make a rotational spot. He really struggled in that position. They moved him to surf, uh, safety, and he didn't really grasp onto the concept early on. And then immediately he just started to, you know, really hold, put his head down and really start going to work. And you're seeing the fruits of his labor right there where he was able to really be a difference maker. And he really proved me wrong because I thought there was no spot for him, just like I thought Jordan Travis couldn't be able to throw the ball down 10 yards downfield. And, I mean, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to reevaluate different things and understand that you were wrong about certain things. Now, certain experts, they might say, oh, well, I'm wrong about a certain topic, and you know, or I was, I was never wrong about it. I always thought he was great. or You, you know how some of those people do. They, they're always trying to be right, and I get it. You know, you want to have a great name for yourself and, and everything like that. But I was admittedly wrong about Akeem Dent and also Jordan Travis. And I think Dent, alongside Jamie Robinson, at his natural safety position, where he should have been this earlier this season, um, is going to be huge at those safety positions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of questions that I've been getting is, is what are we going to do with Travis J? Oh, God. That's a uh, really a question that a lot of people – ask all the time and it's a question that i want to see as well um i think travis shea is one of the most athletic players on this team but the problem is is he's not a great corner because he doesn't have that great corner mindset he doesn't have instincts to turn around and find the football and i think he would be more viewed as moving back to safety i don't really like him at the receiver position because he's never really played receiver as much he played mostly quarterback you know he played a little bit of receiver in high school but it wasn't like I don't think he was really a world beater. I mean, I, I liked him more along the lines of being a tackler in space. He's very aggressive, can hit you downhill. And you, you know, you can you can look at all those highlights that he had in high school where it was just, um, you know, hitting people across the field, and it was just like they had bruises all over him because, you know, Travis Shea would be coming up the middle against you. So I'm very impressed to see what happens with Travis Shea. But I don't, I don't know if it's a situation where he transfers out or he goes elsewhere. Could be. I mean, you never know. He may see the writing on the wall and see how many members in the secondary that we added, and maybe he finds you know greener pasture somewhere else. But I think he finds a niche somewhere, and I, I think it moves back to the safety position, and maybe that's just me. Or maybe Florida State keeps him at that cornerback position, lets him learn, lets him, lets him have those growing pains, and hopefully gets back to that cornerback position. But my bet would be going back to safety right now. Yeah, I mean, I personally think he wasn't that bad at safety. I think he did a decent job at yeah. safety. Um, so I would prefer to see him get moved back to safety. I don't at safety. I don't want to see him as a wide receiver or as a running back, like some people have been saying. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't see that. So I mean, 
But, you know, we'll know by spring, I think. I think we'll have a very good idea what they're going to do with him. I get it. I mean, he's athletic. Like I said, he's one of the most athletic players on the team. But can he catch? Yeah. (laughs) I – Ah, that's that's to be desired. You know, he can catch those Hail Mary, you know, interceptions, but that's all you've really seen him catch. So, I mean, do we know what's going on behind the scenes? Maybe, you know, like I said, he could be a viable weapon. He can create separation, but can you catch? Yeah. You know, everybody's worried about us bringing on a quarterback, a transfer quarterback. I'm getting a lot of that right now. Yeah, I am too. Trust me. <laughs> Look, I really think that with A.J. Duffy coming in, I'm not saying that he should be a starter or nothing to that nature, but I think at depth with uh, Rodemaker and then A.J. Duffy right behind him, yeah. I don't see a real reason in bringing in a transfer quarterback, to be honest, thinking about it now. Used to, I was like, yeah, we might want to bring somebody in. Um, the reason I'm saying that is because is if we can if we can eliminate Tra- uh, Jordan Travis from getting hit too much and keep him healthy, well, I know there's a bunch of ifs, but do you really need to bring another guy on that's going to, you know, it's not like you got great quarterbacks in the transfer portal. A lot of people are talking about bringing in JT Daniels. He couldn't run this offense, guys. I'm sorry. It's just. It's not his. It's not or, the type. Or Carson Beck. That's also another name I've heard a thousand times. Uh, I will say this, and, and this is where we kind of have differing opinions. And it's okay. Like I said, we, we always have differing opinions. Um, and it's okay. Like, like I said, there is uh, – Chris does a really good job in covering the sport, and he also does a good job in covering Florida State. Um, I personally think they should get a graduate transfer, and this is not really because of Jordan Travis's ability. I think it's more of developing Rodemaker and Duffy. I think it could be a situation where you bring in a graduate transfer that has one year remaining, maybe sees the writing on a wall at another school and maybe he's third or fourth string or something like that at a good program and he wants to come in, compete for the starting job, but understand that it could be a situation where Jordan Travis is getting most of the most of the reps and understands that, hey, I can be a good locker room guy for an ascending Florida State team, and those guys are hard to come by. Don't get me wrong. This could be a situation where – Florida State gets involved in a quarterback like that in the summer or late spring and is able to bring a guy in, you know, and understands, hey, I'm coming in during the summer. I won't have many reps as much as these other guys, but I'm going to come in here and compete every day and, and actually have that room ready to go. And I think that that kind of option at the quarterback number two spot can be a better option than a true freshman quarterback and a redshirt freshman quarterback that really hasn't caught up to speed just yet. Well, I, I guess what I was trying to get at, I'm not saying I wouldn't take one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just wouldn't, take, I wouldn't take anybody that's in there right now. No. you thinking about it. There's nobody that – I mean, if he couldn't st- if he couldn't start at Georgia and, and lead that team, as good as he was, because I think he is a good quarterback, but you, you let Stetson Bennett, a walk-on quarterback that doesn't really have great mechanics and he's an average quarterback at best – beat you out like I get he's a great locker room guy and I get he's safe with the football and maybe JT Daniels after that injury you know maybe he had some disagreements with the training staff and maybe they told him he wasn't ready but he was and then it was a bunch of drama that come up with that you, you don't really know the developing stories until something happens you don't know what's going on behind the scenes but I will say that there was a reason 
why JT Daniels was in second string. And yeah. he's a talented guy. Carson Beck's the same way. I think he's very talented. But will it make uh, will it really move the needle to be able to bring a guy in as a class of 2020 quarterback and doesn't have a lot of experience and you know it's just not a great option. And you already have to think JT Daniels has already transferred once. If he is coming in as a graduate transfer, he's able to start immediately. But if he isn't, you have to sit out a year. So what's the point in that, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, again, I'm not opposed to getting a quarterback. I'm just opposed to getting the ones that are in the transfer portal right now. I don't see them moving the needle Florida State anyway. I just don't. And no. where Taylor is saying we need yeah. that transfer graduate, now I would be all for that. And like he said, it's extremely hard to come by. That's why there's none in the damn portal right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if we had a guy like that, yeah, just the same way we did with Mackenzie Milton. I don't necessarily need to see somebody that's coming and compete for the starting position. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to come in and have that experience level to get these younger guys up to speed. And I really think that Mackenzie Milton here last year really helped Rodermaker, really helped out Chubba Purdy, really helped out Jordan Travis. Uh, I, I really personally think he did a great job as far as what he did. But, again, there's not a handful of Mackenzie Milton's out there to go get either. They're, they're just It's not common. It's just not a – And the staff took a risk on evaluating Mackenzie Milton, and they also went with a couple of insiders within the program that said, you know, he was doing better, you know, here's his practice film, you know, stuff like that. And I understand that's why fans are also worried about Trey Benson, the Oregon running back. Different scenario. We've already been through that and everything, understanding that. But this staff has to understand to take the risk with the reward. And at that point, I mean, the leadership skills of Mackenzie Milton was way over a reward and the experience as well than the risk. The risk was the injury. We all knew it. It's the elephant in the room that everybody wanted to know. But you just kind of have to figure out what you want in a quarterback. And you have to play this game of, okay, hopefully let's not make Jordan Travis's feelings hurt because he could go to the transfer portal after a year of not playing or, you know, ruin our plans of quarterback development, whatever the case is, because you have to realize that that is the nature of college football nowadays. You have to figure out, you know, everybody has to be healthy. And a coach said it best that basically with the transfer portal added, you have to recruit these kids every single year and it doesn't stop. And, I just wonder what's going to happen with the development of Jordan Travis this season. He seems very confident what he's doing. All the coaches are really, really high on him. Even Coach Atkins was talking about it in his press conference, saying they believe in Jordan Travis. And that's not just, you know, Coach Dillingham wearing all his merchandise and saying that before he goes to Oregon. No, he's really believing in Travis. And I think that that could be a big play for Florida State going forward with their offense. And I'm just really excited for Jordan Travis. I think he's going to be having a really good year. I just wish they would add a quarterback if it's necessary. I wouldn't rush to get one. Um, if there's no options available and there's no capable options, like I said, a, a quarterback with the last year or a quarterback that's equal or better to the talent of Jordan Travis, I wouldn't take him. Yeah, I, and that's um, – I think they took McKenzie Milton knowing that it's a, a 50-50 shot whether he could come out there and play at yeah. an elite level or not. Uh, but I think they took him for the majority of reason of what he could do experience-wise for the guys in the room. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, was was McKenzie Milton a bust? No. Like, no. you don't go after a quarterback in college for one reason and one reason only, and that's because they can play and throw the ball or whatever. 
that's a very good reason. That is their job. But with the quarterback room being as young as it was, they needed that experience to come in and kind of show the younger guys that this is the process of getting better and evolving into that better player. Being a leader of the offense, it's not an easy job. It's not something that you just get handed to you because you're a starting quarterback. Yeah. There's great quarterback, great talents out there that have never been a leader, and it shows up even in the NFL right now. I don't think Garoppolo for the 49ers is really a leader. No, and I mean, you have to think about this too, is Joe Burrow. You know, he was at Ohio State, didn't perform well, went to the transfer portal, went to LSU, and next thing you know, there it goes. You know, that that is just how it is. I'm getting one of those freaky – Oh, for FYI? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I usually see most of the time, so I was wondering what's... Anyways, um, guys, I appreciate everybody coming on and listening to us on Spear Addicts. Y'all continue to follow us um, on Spear Addicts as far as all the social media. Please go follow Norvell Central on Instagram. He's also now in my Facebook group. And a lot of the members of the Facebook, which they had said it on here as well, but a lot of the members really enjoy um, what he's putting on on the group page. I I really thought he was just going to start his own group page and, you know, with me on that rant again too. I was like, oh, good, he's in here. He's not worried about his own shit. Anyways, um, go follow him on Instagram. The main thing that both of us are trying to do, I think that we're both trying to do right now, the, the biggest thing is grow our YouTube channels. So if you could go subscribe to the YouTube channels, that would be absolutely great. I need it more than he does so he can quit lying because he's in like, I don't even fucking know where at now. I've got uh, 660 right now. Yeah, see, nobody need to hear that shit. Um, (laughs) I'm at like 120 or something to that nature. Now, granted, I'm very grateful for the 120 that's in there. And I did start this extremely late as far as the YouTube channel goes. And guys, yeah, it's extremely just difficult. I don't get it. But uh, on top of that, the biggest things that you're going to get from me is these podcasts. That's what's going to go on the YouTube channel for me. I've I've thought about doing some separate videos and type things, but I haven't came to a conclusion on what I'm going to do there. So just join my damn YouTube page. Subscribe to the fucker. Just be a team player. Yeah, uh, I want to say, if you want to get any content with Chris involved, um, I'm also – trying to get some stuff content laid out uh we may do some short 10 minute you know 15 minute videos to where we just discuss one topic you know discuss it and we'll we'll end the video and and go there so if you want to see chris involved in some of those videos i'll have it on my youtube channel as well with with some of that so just something to think about if you want shorter versions of something rather than the podcast it may just give you one topic or question that you're answering or asking in here maybe we don't want to elaborate on it too much and maybe we can elaborate in that video a little bit longer yeah and guys we are fully open to y'all sending us dms or comment on the Mm -hmm. podcast or comment on the videos on youtube and tell us what you want us to cover what content uh you want to see what um what you want us to do next we are open ears and we will probably do just about anything that relates to florida state football i'm not streaking for a motherfucking thing Somebody wrote that. I'm sorry, but somebody wrote that. Will y'all streak for a certain price? No, I will not. Um, that's not happening. So back down. Um, yeah. yeah. It's really um, but again, 
y'all let us know what you want to see. If you want some shorter content like what Taylor's talking about, I'm open, man. Y'all let me know. I will go on Taylor's. Taylor comes on. We don't care. That yeah. doesn't make any difference. We're just trying to get the content out at this point. Yeah, and we're going to keep pushing positivity. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let everybody know I love y'all. Uh, be safe. Be careful. Don't do not do anything stupid. You're, you're too high in the world to be that low. So I appreciate everybody coming on and listening to the Spirit Addicts podcast. Please follow the YouTube channel. It would be great. We'll subscribe to it. Um, Taylor, I appreciate you coming on again. And we will be back soon enough, more than likely Tuesday night. And we will have on a special guest and um, Dion Farmer. Uh, we'll get to get to meet and uh, learn more about him as a person and as a player. And that's it. That's all I got. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. Um, everybody just, just have a safe trip out there. <laughs>